What up, Oasis people? <laughs> I'm coming in soft today because uh, I haven't been here and how I haven't done how many podcasts and that's how you start. Well, that I, threw me. I was like I just, building up for the. I want to leave. You know, Brennan, you know what, Brennan? You know what, Brennan? You know what, Brennan? You know Brennan? I feel I hurt that you decided to do it like that. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure the mood is mellow and oh, nice so that Jane can get her part of the podcast. I shouldn't podcast be here, in. and I'm drinking a Red Bull. <laughs> That's like the opposite. Of <laughs> no, okay, we're welcome. Hey, hello. I miss uh, you guys. Ben to my right. <laughs> What's up, y'all? He hasn't been here in a second, so it's good to have you back. And then Brennan, uh, and then Jana to my left. Hello. So if you're watching online, good to see you guys. If you're listening. You glad great. you can hear our voices, hopefully. Okay, we're doing church hurt, but this is going to be a little bit darker, deeper, harder topic. Yeah, sure. I don't yeah. know what the right word for that is. but So we'll start light. We'll go, what is the most embarrassing injury you've ever had? <laughs> the worst time you ever got hurt? Like, that was silly. Like That was, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, second grade, oh, riding my throwback. bike. Throwback. Riding my bike, and... I used to always, there was a bush that I could grab and just like pull leaves off of mm. as I was riding by. <laughs> this is fun to destroy yeah. this bush, apparently. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Kids, yeah. Yep. And one time I grabbed and Hate didn't let go <laughs> and fell off my bike going at high speed yeah. and broke my arm. Helmet on? Uh, No. Oh, wow. Yep. I thumped my melon. Oh. But <laughs> I, I broke. That explains I, like, a lot. I fractured. <laughs> correct. <laughs> fractured my forearm, took the cast off too early. It was just, they just gave me a. Oh yeah, like a, they, yeah, like a whatever it was. Yeah. Velcro one. Took it off too early. And then we were at McDonald's three weeks later and I went head first down one of the slides and and just barely touched the ground with this arm and it refractured. <laughs> oh. So McDonald's slide. McDonald's slide. Yeah, it's bad. All right. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I was a freshman, uh, about to be a freshman actually, eighth grader, and I had a moped orange VIP, rode it all the time. It got like you could ride it for like forever with a dollar fifty worth of gas it was the best thing ever but i had gone to dairy queen with some friends and they were driving in a convertible in front of me and i was following them in my moped and i had gotten some ice cream on my right hand which is the hand that turns the accelerator and the problem was i didn't like the stickiness of it on my hand you know i'm i'm kind of weird i always want to wash my hands the second i finish eating i don't like when there's stuff on my hands so i went to go lick my right hand to get the stickiness off but in my mind if I ever took a hand off when I was driving, I always took my left hand off because mm. I always yeah. thought you needed a hand on the accelerator in case you needed to go faster. So when I put my right hand to my mouth to lick it off, I took my left hand and I reached across <laughs> to hold the right and I totally flipped the whole moped coming around this residential street. I was probably going 20, 25, ended up having oh. to go to the ER, but I was wearing a helmet because my mom That's always good. made me wear a helmet and it probably saved my life, but it was... What's the- that like to have a mom that gives you good advice? <laughs> The worst part is I was too embarrassed to tell people that was actually what happened. So I made up a story about how my tire slipped on some gravel. No. Yeah. And like these old people oh, were in their yard watching, me, watching me fall and they knew what happened, but they didn't rat me out. They were, yeah. they this were is real the ones. second time I've heard the story. He told me that he slipped on gravel the first time he told me this. I don't know. A hundred percent. I came clean a couple of years ago. Yeah, We met three years ago. Yeah. Maybe it was, then. I don't know. I don't know. It's on the oh, open now. I feel oh, much better. Funny. The Lord is healing me of it. <laughs> I feel like our relationship has completely changed. Jane, what do you think? <laughs> well, in middle school recess, I don't, or not recess, gym class. We didn't have recess in middle school. I wish. That'd be awesome. That would have been, been sick. Amazing. I'd go back. Yeah. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast. I feel like maybe I have. But we were playing in the field. It was kind of like end of school year, so it was like free for all, whatever you want to do. I was just throwing a frisbee back and forth with my friend, mm. and she threw it like way out of the way. So I had to walk to go get it, and in the process of walking... I stepped in a hole and rolled my ankle and 
fractured the bone on the top of my foot and had to wear a cast for three months. Oh. <laughs> I was walking, playing Frisbee. That's tough. <laughs> that is so. tough. If any of you are Frisbee golfers out there, that just gives me like PTSD every time I walk everywhere. down Larson Hill. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. so many holes. Hole six going oh, down. Oh, I always watch the ground while I walk. Yeah. yeah. The amount of times I've rolled my ankle too, just stupid ways is yeah. ridiculous. Sweet. Well, <laughs> let, let's get into this. Let's start with a classic Oasis podcast definition. If we're going to talk about church hurt, what, what would we even say church hurt is? Yeah, hurt that would be associated with the people and the places of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so simple example is it's, it's that moment when you've had an experience where a pastor maybe has mistreated you, um, has said something harshly in a certain way, a Christian friend who's turned against you, you have a friend going to youth group, going yeah. to whatever it is, mm-hmm. going to church, like who has hurt you. And so those, that's a person, right? A pastor and a Christian, but it's associated with church. Like that could be yeah. under the category potentially of church hurt. Yeah. And like those examples could keep rolling. Yeah. I mean, oh, we yeah, could we give could. and, but you like, if you have experienced this, I think you'd know and be able to label it church hurt, yep. but it's kind of a buzzword. You know, yeah. it's something mm-hmm. getting thrown around by all kinds of people for all kinds of reasons. And that's one of the reasons we want to talk about it is that we want to give some of these examples. We want to help people process their pain, help people recognize it. Like maybe you're sitting there and you've never heard this word, yeah. but it kind of describes something you've experienced. And we hope that through this podcast, through some of the advice that we have in the scripture, we'll read that it brings you healing and it brings you yeah. some like transform transformation through Jesus. Right away, before we even get farther into the podcast, we want to start to validate some of the experiences and the feelings that people have. There is going to be a little bit of pushback we bring as the staff to this topic. There's, Since it's a buzzword, it gets used in great ways and in terrible ways. And because of that, like you got to address some of that. But whatever your experience it is, whatever the pain you felt, whatever you feel like you've, the, the feelings you have, they're real. Yeah. Um, and we can't sit here and tell you they're not, and we mm-hmm. won't try to. So right, right away, we're going to validate that. And it's not okay that people hurt you. It's not okay that you feel the churches hurt you. And we're not okay with that. Um, from there, we want to start to talk about the church and the way we always talk about the church here at Grace Point. That the church is not not r- supposed to be an institution or an, an organization. It's not a building. It's not a great a name. Grace Point is the name of our church, but the church is the people of God, and because of that, it gives a new lens to what church hurt should be. Yeah. Right. Let's let's yeah. go into some of that. Yeah. If the church is the people of God, how does that change the way we look at church hurt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if. Uh, we can differentiate even the hurt from individual people from the church as an organization mm-hmm. that might help to bring greater healing um, and forgiveness in that, that we are able to um, be more specific in our understanding of our hurt um, and, and step into healing with that in mind rather mm-hmm. than just blanketing it and putting it over the entire yeah. church, yeah. Like the and whole thing. Even the idea of like, the more I can speak into the specifics of either how I was hurt or the yeah. situation I was mm-hmm. hurt allows me to experience better freedom and healing yep. in it. Because yeah. if I can pinpoint it, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, then I think I can know, I can at least start to make the processes and the steps to feel like, all right, what does actually healing look mm-hmm. like? Yeah, yeah. because I think one of the things is people say, yeah, I have church hurt and then aren't always able to articulate exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the reason we come to this is like, okay, instead of having this grandiose idea of church hurt, this big label, this bandaid we slap on it, like what are the people, who are the people? What are the situations? What are the problems you found yourselves in? And start to look at that as the church is the people of God and there's people who are sinful, flawed people. And those people maybe are the ones that hurt you. And in doing that, we're able to pinpoint the problem and the pinpointing Mm -hmm. of the problem can help us to address the healing. That part of the struggle is if you think the church has hurt you, then you're probably less likely to come and find healing from the church. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty straightforward. Like, Which if, makes sense. It That'd makes be the sense. correlation yes, that you'd absolutely. make in your mind. Like yeah. I had an experience with a pastor or a close friend and I was hurt every time I drive by, and not even that church, a church. Any church. Mm-hmm. So the, there's a chill, the, the building, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. church is the body, yeah. right? But if I drive by that, I associate it, my mind goes through, that's how our mind works. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if I haven't pushed into the forgiveness to the healing and the process of trying to figure that out, I'm not going to want to pursue it. Yep. I'm not going to want to step into it. I'm not going to want to go to church again. And that's just, that's mm-hmm. real. Like, and like, super real. even, okay, think a pastor has, uh, he, he lets you down on a promise. He or she lets you down on a promise. They, you felt like they didn't live up to expectations, whatever it is. Like, you're probably less likely to go and trust a pastor again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Any, any pastor. Any pastor. Yeah. yeah. And so in those kind of situations, the church is actually supposed to meant, meant to be yeah. the people. The pastors are supposed to be meant to be the shepherds who protect and help lead towards healing. Yeah. Like we're supposed to be a community of restoration, of healing. So in not being able to pinpoint it and letting the Band-Aid be the big label of church hurt, we actually, in some ways, prevent ourselves from finding the healing that Jesus wants yeah. for us. Because mm-hmm. it blocks us from the people and the places that God wants to bring restoration. He wants to do it through there. Like the church is Jesus's bride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has always been his plan for redemption that he came and invested in the disciples and the disciples instantly went. You see in Acts, they started to build God's church. Like, And when we let the church, when we have the church in a negative light in that sense, because of the pain we've experienced, it can't be God's redemptive model to us mm-hmm. because we've put up the walls and the inhibitant and the blank and the, the stops to that. So one of the examples that we were, I was just kind of tossing around in my mind this last week when I was thinking about this church hurt is there's a passage in Mark 5 where Jesus is having this encounter with, um, his name's Jairus, and he's having this interaction, but all these people are crowding in on him. And as they're crowding in on him, there's this bleeding woman on the outside who's frail and weak, and she's hurt, and she's she just needs healing so bad. But Luke describes the passage as the people were crushing in on Jesus. And so she and her weakness and her frailty was struggling to get through these people to get to Jesus. And this just gives me a good picture of what sometimes church hurt as the the people can look like. Like your source of healing is Jesus. Like whatever problem, whatever pain, whatever was situation you find yourself in, Jesus has your solution. He has your healing. And the church too often when we find ourselves in situations like this is the very people blocking the bleeding woman, blocking the hurt, the victim from getting to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so part of what we're having in this podcast is how is the church, do we open up doors? How do we step out of the way? How do we recognize those who are hurt? How do we validate validate the pain so that that we can be conduits to lead people Mm -hmm. and to get them closer to Jesus? Yeah. And I think what's really awesome about that story too, is how Jesus responds. Absolutely. That when she reaches out to him, like he could have easily disregarded the the touch that he probably like, but he knew the spirit had left him and he stopped and he cleared the way, cleared the people out of the way to come to her. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when we experience church hurt, sometimes we can want to pinpoint that hurt on Jesus and on God, that these people who are supposed to be representative of Jesus, like that hurt, that pain came from them. You know, the pastor that lets you down or or says something hurtful, that then that was a message from Jesus. And Mm -hmm. that may not be the case. And so sometimes when we can differentiate, um, the specifics of our hurt, our pain from the people from God, like we can open up that door again to be um, in connection with Jesus to receive that healing he has for us. Yeah. And I think it's easy to blame the crowd in, yeah. that, in that story too. Mm-hmm. And to say, well, they didn't look for the woman or they, they, but really part of that story is they were so focused, so fervent, so passionate about finding Jesus that they just were oblivious to the pain mm-hmm. of the person right. behind them. And so we have to recognize that if we're someone on the outside feeling like the church has hurt us, like the people on the inside maybe aren't even aware to the pain that we're feeling. Like they mm-hmm. may be so yeah. blinded by their pursuit of Jesus that it's, some of it is, 
this podcast, this conversation is opening our eyes to the fact that there are hurt people. Yes. And like, even as we pursue Jesus, even as we try to get close to him, as we together as a church, as a congregation come to Jesus, like there's others who need to be a part of that. There's others who need his restoration. So having eyes even behind us as we look for others to bring in on the fold of what God's trying to do. That's super Mm -hmm. good. The last part right here before we're going to get into some, uh, some more practical stuff is there's this counseling term that it's a pretty simplistic term. It's just overgeneralization and it's used in counseling settings to describe this cognitive distortion where one event is spread over more events or future events. And this is one of the things that we're seeing in Christian counseling that's been powerful and helping to transform and heal church hurt. Because one of the things is recognizing that if you feel hurt by the church, recognizing that it's not Jesus or his bride that has hurt you, but a sinful person. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to say that pastor, that group of friends, or that congregation even, that congregation Mm -hmm. felt like they turned against me and they were, uh, what's the word, Uh, hypocritical. And they were hypocritical. So it's easy to say that church did this, but it's always not that church, it's always those people or that person. There's always a person behind the label of church. And when it when we label it as church, it, the overgeneralization is tended to spread over all of Christianity, all of Jesus, all of mm-hmm. the religion, and so all of faith, really. Yep. And that's super dangerous. So I just think that's an, an, a helpful term to kind of recognize as we continue in this prog- process that maybe you and, and your hurt and pain need to to look back and to try and pinpoint that problem and yep. and stop the trend of overgeneralization so that you can find the healing that Jesus has for That's you. Good. Yeah. So, what would be our first step in helping someone to address yeah. and validate their feelings when it comes to church hurt? I think you start off by first recognizing who or what caused your church hurt. Like try to pinpoint it, right? Which yeah. we've mm-hmm. talked about. Uh, pastor, fellow Christian, a community. It could be a community, a community. people who yeah. you just I think that would be down. a really hard one. Like a yeah. super difficult one where. Uh, we've seen this, and I'll just give an example. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. give super specifics, but <laughs> the YouTube movement, or not YouTube, the uh, what is it? YouTube, YouTube? <laughs> the, band? the band. I was like Bon Jovi, his movement. No, uh, um, me too. Thank you. Oh, okay. yes. <laughs> but, but but that just the yeah. idea of like a really, in some aspects, healthy movement for women to be able to actually, oh, I'm going to share what has happened to me mm-hmm. to get it out. Right. Yeah. There have been stories where. There's a specific denomination just this past year who's gotten a lot of like just flack over this where women have come up and spoken out Mm -hmm. from certain physical, emotional, sexual abuse that have happened to them as they grew up in these churches. And then you'd have uh, that a woman, a female, come up and and talk about this, express this, like get it out in public in a a healthy way, Mm -hmm. try to go to the board, try to go to leadership. And all of a sudden that leadership, that community disregarded, Mm -hmm. didn't do anything. So like there, like it's not just one person has hurt you. Mm-hmm. It's you feel betrayed yeah. by yeah. a congregation, a community that you grew up in. So it's like you had that situation again, you <laughs> incredibly sorry. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. awful. Incredibly awful. Or any situation and like that. Any yeah. situation mm-hmm. like it. And so it's okay, yes, how do we pinpoint it? Even talking about it probably if you've experienced this sucks. Mm-hmm. You're hearing this, there's emotions that are really happening. And so again, trying to validate those feelings. Um well and it's hard because those people, one, probably were at some point in your life, were like Jesus to you. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. supposed to be like Jesus. Yep. Yeah. That's just who we as followers it's of Jesus. First Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11.1. Yes. Follow me as I follow the example yes, of Christ. Absolutely. Like that's So there was trust there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden trust is broken. There was mm-hmm. security and safety there. And all of a sudden that is gone. And and so it's we want to tell you, it's not okay that they hurt you. Yeah. And God mm-hmm. doesn't think it's okay that, he, that they hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like God's desire for you is that you would not experience things like that in places where he deems for you to feel safe, to mm-hmm. be in, in moments and, and communities of transformation and redemption, yeah. like we said. And so, yeah, I mean, just, it's not okay. That yeah. And I think like to even add this, the seriousness to how, how hurt God is when people hurt his children is like Matthew 18, six. If anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it is better that they would have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Like God gives that as the prescription to people who inhibit or hurt or cause his children to stumble. And that's just the father's heart. You know, like there's a just in, there's a justice in that. There's a wrath in that. There's a, his holiness is shown in that, that he is not okay when his children are hurt. And so if you're someone who's sitting there thinking, how could God let this happen to me? Like I was in his space, in his community with his people who were supposed to be like his son. And yet I feel this, he's not okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like I, you need to hear that yeah. he's not okay with I think, it. I think is it Habakkuk two? I mean, you have a prophet who has come before God, frustrated because he's literally expressing and lamenting to God. God, why are you using other nations to destroy your people, mm. to almost mm. oppress your people? Yeah. He just doesn't get it. So this mm-hmm. prophet of God, and God gives him this answer, mm. and and to this he's like, you don't see one what I am doing fully yet. He said there is a promise that is coming where there is redemption, restoration that will have. There's hope for your people. Even though you don't see it yet, let it linger because it will happen in the due time. Mm-hmm. And just in that, when I read in the Minor Prophets, I'm going through that this summer, and just there's something beautiful about God's desire for justice yep. and my faith to try to trust him and be okay with this, not my timeline. Yeah, yeah the but patience. What he, pro- the, what he promises in restoration for his people in the Old Testament is spoken to a, for all generations that justice will happen. Mm-hmm. The hard part in that is that there's a waiting period potentially, yeah, which totally. sucks. But his desire is complete restoration. His desire is for injustice to be dealt with, and it will happen. And on the flip side of that, like the church, the people of God, the three of us sitting at this table talking to you, we're not okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the church cannot be okay with people being hurt by the church. That is never an okay thing for us. Like as much as it breaks God's heart, it needs to break our heart. And so Micah 6 8 is the, the, the verse that's just come to mind. Like he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. Like he wants you to to do justice and to love mercy, to walk humbly with God. Like this is how we're supposed to be the community of Christ is to, to, to make sure we're fighting and advocating on behalf of the people who are hurt and to make sure that we love mercy and that yeah. they are experiencing the goodness and the forgiveness of God. Mm-hmm. Now, part yeah. of this becomes the pendulum of swinging <laughs> and defending the church in mm-hmm. some ways, right? Defending people's actions. Nope. Yep. Defending only the church, the bride mm-hmm. of Christ. Bride of yeah. Christ. Because everybody's flawed. Yeah. So what would we say about that? Yeah. I mean, as much as we strive to be like Jesus, we are not Jesus yep. and we will never be perfect. And so um, the church, God's people, we are flawed. And when we gather together, we're a gathering of broken people seeking the healing that Jesus has, each and every single one of us. Um, in Mark chapter two, it, it says, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And so Jesus' whole thing was that he was bringing the broken people together. Mm-hmm. And so even today, the church is a group of broken people and meant to be in relationship with each other, helping each other pursue that healing and restoration. But like relationships, they always come with conflict and issues and hurt. But the blessing and the beauty of relationships is that you get to pursue that restoration, that healing together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in your church or like 
recognize like you can have a little bit of grace for the people who hurt you to know that they're also hurting people. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that's to diminish what they've done. Yes. Like yeah. we've already said, yep. um, but they are going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what being in relationship means. Yeah. And so that's part of the deal we make when we step into relationship. Yeah. And, and there's a humility that I think the three of us bring here at the table that will say we have, yeah. mm-hmm. we are, and we will hurt people. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't want that. I'm not okay with that. Right. As I look back over this last year of being the Oasis pastor, I hurt some people. Mm-hmm. Some people expressed that I hurt them. Yep. And I'm I'm not okay with that. But that was a reality of me leading in brokenness, yeah. me being a flawed person, me willing to come and to, to try and extend grace, to be quick to ask for forgiveness and those kind of things. Like, mm-hmm. But that's like, even as you listen to this, we can't sit here and say we are the church that's right. perfect. No. Yeah. No. Like we are yeah. pastors and people who are mm-hmm. on the pursuit of becoming like Christ, yet still living in brokenness. Yeah. And I think it's okay to recognize that I think probably most hurts aren't done intentionally. Mm-hmm. Like no one's said, most, most yeah. people yeah. don't set out to hurt other people. You know, it's that phrase of hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. Like it, the hurt that we cause on other people usually comes from our own brokenness, yeah, our own insecurities. Yeah. And so like part of what we should be doing in that is also working on our own brokenness that then we don't hurt other people yeah. you know so so now the question i think is super interesting mm-hmm. is if the church is a broken group of people why would i sign up for that you know we are big advocates that you should be a part of a church <laughs> huge but every church you go to is broken yep. and has flawed people and yep. flawed pastors and flawed leadership and flawed clog- yep. so like why why do we keep pushing this model that seemingly looks broken jesus <laughs> mic drop Good all right answer. cut all it right. See you next week. But the reality <laughs> is, is that we believe that even just the local church, the church in general, the global church is an institute that's been set up to be the tangible representation of God to the world. Yep. Mm-hmm. And in that, it's his literally Jesus's hands and feet, not only to the world, but to us. Mm-hmm. It's the encouragement of one another. There's a reality. You, you not even look at scripturally what that looks like. You look at church history. You look at the early church of what was established there. Mm-hmm. It's not one person seeking Jesus by himself. The reality of coming together corporately, encouraging one another to pursue Jesus well. Uh, because he is good. He is our Messiah. He yep. is our King. He is our Savior. He is Lord. And the church is an opportunity for us to come and seek his face. Mm-hmm. You can do that individually and should, but there's something beautiful about the corporate gathering, the b- brothers and sisters of Christ coming together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pointing each other to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he was, says it. Like, we shouldn't give up gathering, mm-hmm. like, yeah. as some people are opt to do. Yep. It's like, so mm-hmm. there's a command in there. It's like, hey, you know, you need to keep getting together people because mm-hmm. you will find redemption and healing because you will be a redemptive piece and part of someone else's life because of who Jesus is and what he's done. And like Matthew 16, I think is one we skip over when we think about this idea of Jesus and the church. Like the church is Jesus's. It's his idea. It's his intention. He is the head. Like I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build what? My church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Like Jesus said, this is my bride. Like first Corinthians 12, Jesus is the head of the body that is the church. And so when we want Jesus, which we desperately should, like if you are a Christian, your goal, your life, your purpose, your identity is Jesus. When we want Jesus, the church comes with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flaws, failures, brokenness, burdens, shortcomings, hurt. It all comes, that, that's, that's what comes with it. That's part mm-hmm. of the, the journey of being a Christian and walking with him. Yeah. So now, swing the pendulum the other way though, is it shouldn't be like that though. In some ways, like the church mm-hmm. should be a group of people who are pursuing Christ-likeness. What do we say about that? Like the reality is there's brokenness. Yeah. But the dream is that there's healing. 
Mm-hmm. How do we balance those two as people a part of the church? Yeah. Well, the reality is there's no one like Christ. So there should be no one like Christians. The Christians should be um, more loving, more kind, more joyous, more mm-hmm. patient, more gentle, and more peaceful. And even though that's not always the case, that's what we should be pursuing. And, and as true and authentic Christians, as we pursue Jesus, we should be pursuing that transformation to, to look more like him, to see those fruits of the spirits lived out in our life. Um, and so that's our goal. That's our pursuit as we live in mm-hmm. the, ch- in the body of the church, as we live in relationship with Jesus, because what's unique about the church is that it offers something significantly different than any other aspect of life, that yeah. it's, it's not a club. It's different than a workplace an organization, um, or, or whatever you may find yourself in that, that the church gets to be that example of Jesus, mm-hmm. that, um, the body of Christ lived out in this world. And so like, it's unique mm-hmm. and it. You're not going to find it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so it's a process of continually pursuing Jesus and looking more like him. Yeah. And one of the things that I think we just keep hearing is like when we look at Generation Z, the up and coming new group that that's (laughs) growing up in front of our eyes, they are more spiritual, Mm -hmm. but less religious. So the people are more interested in in God. There's actually like an an uptick in the, the, the belief in some kind of divine being, but a, a, a spike, a drastic decline in the amount of people who want to participate participate in institutions like church. Mm-hmm. And part of that is this problem yeah. that they see this group of Christians and they say, I don't want that flaw. I don't want that, that burden. I don't want to carry the, the weight of being a part of something like that, but I still want something. Yeah. And so not all of the time are they putting the Jesus label on it and all the time they recognize in God and, yeah. and Jesus, but that their spiritual, their spirituality out there. So mm-hmm. it comes that we get people who say, well, like I'm spiritual and I've got my people who are spiritual or I'm a Christian and I've got my Christians, but I don't need the church. Mm-hmm. But Jesus has not left that option open to you. Yeah. Like that's not what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Like you, you can't just have your Jesus, yeah. your Bible and nothing else. Like you need a community of believers to walk alongside that Jesus has called his church, his bride, his, his people. Mm-hmm. Yep. I got a tangent if we can go on it real quick. <laughs> yeah, I sure, go on what's, what's really tough is I think we also live in a world where people are getting the identity, acceptance, and purpose from other those organizations and not getting it from the church. Yeah. And so you have people, followers of Jesus and non who are a part of clubs and organizations where they're actually feeling more safe and secure mm-hmm. yep. than in churches, mm-hmm. which is not okay. Well, so, I think that's the... I, maybe this is harsh language, but I think that's the biggest strength of the LGBTQ yes. plus okay, I. Yeah. I don't Agreed. know all the letters. I'm yep. sorry, but like... That's their biggest strength is the inclusion, yes. mm-hmm. the love Correct. that they share with each. Yes. Like, and that's what the church is supposed, supposed to, to, to meet the need of. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be the community where people feel safe and loved mm-hmm. and cared for, and they can be themselves. Like, This is what we're meant to be, but if there's others, yep. other organizations, other groups out there seemingly filling those gaps for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, let's change the topic a little bit. What would we do or what would we encourage people to do if they have experienced church hurt? Now let's get like real practical. Yeah. yeah. Like what, if you are sitting there listening to this, what should you do if you've been hurt by someone in the church? Yeah. We'll go straight to scripture. Jesus gives an exact, a perfect model of Matthew 18 on what to do if someone has sinned against you. In verse 15, he says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him their fault uh, between you and him alone. If he listens to you, then you have gained your brother. Um, you've pursued healthily the initial step of reconciliation in a relationship as followers of Jesus. So first you go directly to that person. There has to be caveats here because depending mm-hmm. on the type of relationship you have and the type of hurt and experience and encounter you had with that person, we would say don't enter into a 
dangerous uh, situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. If there has been emotional, verbal, physical, sexual abuse, I would argue do not go directly to that person. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, you probably, mm-hmm. if you don't feel safe, if you legit don't feel safe, don't go directly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you almost skip step one because then you get to step two, which is fine. That's yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. If, if you if feel unsafe, yes. step yeah. two is yep. your best option. If it's something where you just feel offended or you feel like you were let down, if, if you're safe but still hurt, then mm-hmm. it's step one. Go directly to the person. If you can't, if you don't feel safe, step two is the option of verse 16. But if he does not listen to you, take one or, other, or two others along with you and that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So here the scripture is encouraging us to get some other Christians involved. Maybe you have a community group. Maybe you have a life group. Maybe you have a group of friends. Maybe you have uh, someone at church that you've connected with, a mentor yeah. or a disciple. That It's to get them involved, but not for the sake of attacking the one yeah. who feels that you've been hurt by. Mm-hmm. It's for the sake of like an intermediate, like an intermediate or someone to stand in the gap between and try to articulate both sides to try to bring some common ground together. That really, if they're not going to listen to you, you hope and you pray that they'll maybe will listen to someone right. else. Mm-hmm. What about step three? Yeah. Step three comes from verse 17. that says, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. And so to unpack this a little bit, in our current context, you probably can't bring the whole church involved. Like you <laughs> 2, can't bring 2,000 people, even just Oasis, you can't bring 300 yeah. people into this. Yeah. And so maybe what this looks like is inviting a pastor or a spiritual leader in your life who will serve as the role of that church or maybe the elder board of your church, whatever it may be, um, a larger like uh, leader, spiritual leader mm-hmm. to into this situation to um, help bring some guidance to play that mediary again, um, but then to bring just an even a bigger role into it. Um, but then it says, if that doesn't happen, treat him as a Gentile or a tax collector. Oof. And that's really harsh language. But when you think about it, the way that they treated the Gentiles and the tax, cl- cl- tax collectors was with grace and love and kindness. And so you pray for them, share the gospel. You don't cut them out of your life, treat them with harshness and and cause your own cause hurt onto mm-hmm. them oh. but to continue to pray and to share the gospel and to to speak and live in kindness and, and gentleness yep. yeah. and there's not a timeline on this no and here's yeah. the reality you and yourself like even to first have to go initially to the person to to pursue mm-hmm. reconciliation yeah there's an aspect and i think i mean we said this a little bit but there's an aspect of forgiveness that has needed to happen mm-hmm. um and and as you pursue that if reconciliation isn't happening if they're not listening uh again or even if they do, that doesn't mean that relationship has to establish yeah. to be the same as it was. Yeah. Yep. There's the reality of boundaries mm-hmm. that do need to happen. So even in like, okay, say they don't listen, I treat them like a tax collector um, or, or, or a Gentile. Well, in the immediate next step, we see Jesus because he's perfect. He ate a meal with tax collectors, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Well, for you, it may be, I need to set boundaries that are healthy, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to treat them as Jesus would try to treat them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's aspects of like, I'm going to yeah. pray blessing over my enemy, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a command that the scripture tells us. Yeah. But there's yeah. still a balance. It's not black and white. It's it, There's no timeline on this stuff, but there's healthy boundaries that are still good if you're yeah. in, a, in a relationship yeah. in a situation where you may be getting hurt. Yeah. I think too, the, the concept of timeline is good too. Like sometimes we can rush into trying to pursue this process when we're not really ready or haven't healed enough individually to step into this. Yeah. And so I've known people that it's taken them years of, of counseling or, or working through this personally before they were ever able to go and talk to someone else because of the situation. Mm. And that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you need to do to pursue that healing, maybe it's that conversation needs to happen right away. Yeah. Maybe you need time to get over the bitterness, the anger, the fear, whatever mm. it may be. Maybe you don't need to meet with that person depending on the circumstances. Yeah. yeah. 
Let's ask this one last question. When it comes to church hurt, I think one of the questions people get to maybe at the beginning or the end is what do I do now in regards to the church? Like, do I need to leave my church? Do I need to leave the church? Am I, can I still be a Christian? Like, can I still worship in my local context? Like, how do we answer that question? Like, if someone is hurt by the church, should they leave their church? Let's start there. I, I, I would go to, if you legitimately don't feel safe or secure in that space, just even that space, that place of worship, mm-hmm. I think you could lean towards not going anymore. Yeah. I mean, pursuing something else. Mm-hmm. Don't stop going in jail. That's my fear in this. The whole idea of not not fear in this, it's the idea. I, I see too many people and I have a conversation with people where church hurt has happened. And so they've equated almost leaving the local church or the church or from then that Christianity just isn't real anymore. Mm-hmm. True. So they leave the faith completely. Yeah. And that is like, oh, that, that's almost the worst thing for someone. Just because we do believe that true healing, redemption, transformation mm-hmm. can come from mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, and so to leave completely, uh, but it, like, there's a reality. Like if you're distracted from God, if you don't feel safe, I would say maybe. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yes, probably be okay to find something different. And the reason that becomes a maybe is be- is because of the, the buzzword nature of this, mm-hmm. that church hurt gets tagged onto all kinds of things. And so mm-hmm. we can't give you a prescription to say, yes, you yes. should leave your church. Yes, you should change which college ministry yeah. you're going to. Yes, you should, because we don't know your situation. Yep. Um, and that's why we say maybe do so cautiously, yes. do some, do so with wise spiritual guidance from friends, yep. from pastors, from leaders, take steps. Uh, take steps. That's why I would say if, if you feel uncomfortable, I would say, no, don't leave. Get the, feel figure out the reason why you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and part of me <laughs> is one of the reasons I don't love this word and I'm grateful we've had this conversation, but I honestly don't love all the time when people use this language because it gets tagged on things that aren't actually hurt where you have someone who sits in a congregation mm-hmm. and they heard something from a pastor that they don't like where mm-hmm. As a pastor, I, I've preached a couple times about cohabitation and the fact that it's a negative on your relationship. It's not what God desires for you as well. It's, it's not good for you in the long run. Just and even statistically. Just statistically. Yeah. And yeah. I know there's people who are out there who are cohabitating yeah. who are probably hurt and offended by that. Yeah. And they probably mm-hmm. are like, Brennan doesn't love me and he doesn't care for mm-hmm. me because he doesn't believe and affirm what I'm doing. And it's like, no. That's the truth of what God would want you to live in. Yeah. And that might not sit well with you. Or like you say, hey, you shouldn't go downtown and get drunk at all. Like that shouldn't be a desire. You can go you can go have a drink. You can go have a good time. But don't go downtown and get drunk. And people are like, well, you're judging me. And it's like, and then they're like, I was hurt by that pastor. I was hurt by that church. I can't be a part of that ministry because they, they said this. And it's like, we are an easily offended people. And we are easily quick to jump to something else where people will affirm our lifestyle. And I just don't want church hurt to become the tagline for us to, to skip out on accountability. Yeah. It becomes a challenge. Yes. It becomes someone said it. And so we can't push that button Uh and we're just going to let them go. We're going to let them do what they need to do. We're not going to pursue the restoration. And there's too many people out there who have been actually hurt, who are trying to use this language for us to use the language of church hurt to, to describe these silly conflicts that people have with the small stuff that it's washing out the big things. Mm -hmm. Like we have to keep these words, the semantics for the, the, the power that it, it's meant to have. Mm-hmm. So what else, what else would we say as we end this up? Oh man. Recognize that whatever church you go to is going to be broken. Yeah, There's going to be hurt people. So even as you um, find a new, like if you do decide to leave your church and you go to a new church, there's still broken and hurt people. Yep. And I've known people who, the hurt from a previous church has bled into their new place. Mm-hmm. Partially sometimes because they haven't healed, but then sometimes because the same things may exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so even just having that awareness and in, in, um, going through, I mean, even everything we've already talked about, mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. Yeah, that's good. Anything else you want to add? Go for it. All right, I would just say like to end, God is good. Yep. 
Yeah. And he, he desperately loves you and he longs for you and he desires what's best for you. And so don't give up on the church. Mm-hmm. Like don't give up on the people of God. Continue to come and to, to give grace and to receive grace, to seek healing and to find healing, like to, to give forgiveness and to recognize that you are a forgiven person. Like don't let the past or your present keep you from what God wants to have in your future yeah. of how he wants to bless you, of how he wants to heal you, of how he wants to transform you. Don't let the enemy take that from yeah. when he tries to steal, kill and destroy. Don't let yeah. him like come to Jesus and experience the life that he has for you, the full life. So that's where I would end. Amen. But yeet. All right. <laughs> that's a little bit of a tougher one, but so ending on yeah. here, like uh, I want to pray real yeah, quick, but sure. before yeah. we do that, even like if you have a situation where you're like, Hey, I would love to have greater conflict or a greater conversation about this. Come talk to us. Like we yeah. would love to be the pastor and the shepherd to come alongside you in your healing process. Um, so, and hey. if we've hurt you, Please come talk to us about yeah. it. Yeah. Like legitimately, if you have been hurt by something we've said, done, haven't done, please. Or at least me. Like. So, so you're the guest <laughs> for today. You're the, the you're the now tag filling. You haven't been here in a while. So why don't you pray for us? Yeah, I'll pray. Um, Father, we recognize and, and, and we are not unaware enough to realize that even saying this word, having this be a title of a podcast is going to bring emotions of people who are listening and reading it. Um, and so now even in this moment, Father, would you just do what only you can do? Would you bring aspects and, and, and realities and feelings, I would argue, even God of peace and of comfort to those who have experienced church hurt? Would you allow them to not suppress the feelings that come up when they think about the situation in that moment, but to be able to, to hang on to them, to express them, to feel them, uh, but also then pursue the, the, the healthy ways, the processing ways that would lead toward redemption and restoration and transformation. God, we thank you that, um, just you are a God who does love to heal. You are God who, who one has forgiven us. Therefore we can forgive each other. You are God who leads us Holy spirit towards reconciliation. That is your, your ultimate desire for us in relationship. Thank you that you've created us to be in relationship first with you and then with each other. And in that there's conflict and there's hurt and there's pain. Um, but you've also allowed us to be a part of a church, the local church, the, the church to, to, to experience that healing, to experience um, the transformation, to experience that redemption that you so eagerly desire. If there's people out right, right now just hearing this, listening to this, God, who need to kind of take that first step and have been challenged by that but haven't done it, would you give them the strength to go and talk to the person that hurt them, um, that they would start pursuing the healing that is necessary for them to continue just to move on and live this life that you want to give a, a, a full, abundant life and joy uh, for them, God. Just be with our people, be with those who are listening. Uh, God, we thank you again that your ultimate goal for us uh, in this life is is to love you, to be in relationship with you, to pursue the redemption transformation um, that you you desire for us to feel and experience, to, to get holistic healing, uh, but also then to be that transformative, redemptive, tangible presence in other people's life. Help us to love our brother and sister well. We love you. Praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Peace out. Love you guys. Bye. See ya.